here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Everything Evolves, the world's only podcast devoted exclusively to Evolve Wrestling. We are a proud member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, which you can find at VoicesOfWrestling.com or on the podcast app of your choice. And we're your hosts. We're the Wrong Boys. I'm Aaron Bentley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Like the Car, and I'm joined, as always, by Aaron Taub, who you can find on Twitter at AP Taub. Uh, AT, what's up, my man? Not much. I'm just uh, thrilled to be back uh, back in the saddle with you, Aaron. This is uh, I don't know if anyone uh, knows keeping tabs on this. We posted this on Twitter, but we're recording on May 17th, 2018. And by the time most of you listen to this, it will be May 18th, 2018, which is the one year anniversary of Everything Evolves. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday to us. I didn't actually realize that uh, until you posted it. And now I'm very excited. Yeah. So a year of uh, a year of content from your pals, uh, the Aaron's. We made it, my dude. Yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of, I didn't mention that for the past year, you could find us at EvolvePod on Twitter. Make sure you're following us there, and you should also be subscribing uh, on iTunes or wherever you want to subscribe. Remember that you can get the EvolvePod feed independently of the Voices of Wrestling uh, podcasting network feed. So you can just get. Uh, the wrong boys right onto your uh, phone or whatever, however you listen to podcasts. You can also check us out on the Google Play podcast store, however you get things to Google Play. Okay, we are going to break down the uh, Evolve 104 and Evolve 105 events, preview those for everyone. Uh, Those are coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. We're also going to talk about the recently announced Evolve and Progress Tour, which is something new that Evolve hasn't done before. But before we get to all that, we have to address the big news in the wrestling world, and that is the all-in event in Chicago, which tickets went on sale for this past weekend and sold out within about 30 minutes. Now, we know that's not an Evolve-specific topic, but it affects the – we're going to talk about how it affects the wrestling world uh, in total and, therefore, how it affects Evolve. So I guess – First, AT, did you expect All In to sell out so quickly? No. I thought it would sell out, but I didn't think it was going to be like a sellout in an hour. I was floored uh, by how quickly those tickets sold. And uh, look, this is just a warning. If you're one of those people who's like, 
I listen to show for the wrestling. I don't want your moralizing and your politics. Um, we can maybe just put into a timestamp, uh, you know, for when we get to the wrestling. But if you're one of those people, if if you're uh, if you're on board uh, with uh, some hot leftist takes, a little bit of class war, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're about to get extremely back on our bullshit. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was like UAT. I expected they would sell all the seats by the time the show uh, went off. But I, uh, which I've already publicly taken this L, I thought 4,000 was like the tops for day one. And uh, boy, I could not have been more wrong. We made the huge mistake of trying to get six seats together. And uh, we, we did not, we were not able to do that. So we're all split up and it took us forever to get tickets because Apparently, the key was to only try to buy two at a time. So, uh, but I'll be there. You're going to be there, right, AT? Yes, sir. It worked out that I just have uh, two tickets together. Just me and my girlfriend are going to be sitting together. So, uh, just going to get to enjoy some wrestling. Uh, if it didn't work out, uh, we had an offer to uh, hang out, uh, buy into the suite with uh, our pal Adam, uh, Wikifaze Springs Eternal. Never heard of uh, him. What? Never heard of him. Aaron's a little salty because uh, <laughs> Adam contacted me and not him. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he would have been invited to. He's you know, a fan of both of us. So, you know. Yeah, the only thing that can relieve me from death is uh, an offer to hang out with uh, people who are cooler than I am. Yeah. Amen. Mm. Amen. All right. But we're not just going to – everybody's going to be talking about All In. So we're not going to do uh, the basic breakdown of it. What we want to talk about, of course, is what does all in mean for workers? What does it say about worker power among wrestlers in uh, 2018? Yeah, I think that this is a generational moment for building power among the wrestlers, right? Um, Sort of like generally, like as socialists, we believe that workers make the world every day. Right. The reason the wrestling show is successful is because of the wrestlers. Right. The promoters are exploiting the wrestlers. They're taking uh, the surplus value that is created by the wrestlers as their profits. And they're they're kind of like unnecessary rent seekers who really don't matter as much. And it's the wrestlers who are making the shows. Um, And in this instance, we have um, an example where these wrestlers just made a show by themselves. They sold 10,000 tickets. No one has done this in America since, like, WCW. Um, It's just a huge win. And also, I mean, one of the things um, that when we talk about the many reasons the WWE is, like, kind of shitty, beyond the fact that their TV shows are interminable and it's just a gross, unwatchable product, is that they're constantly working to crush their employees. But actually, they're not even employees, right? Under WWE, uh, all these wrestlers are technically independent contractors, even though they can't work anywhere else. They don't have health insurance. They don't have pensions. Um, The WWE just controls this relationship in the entire industry, um, and, and they have just so much power over their workers, right? Like, in another industry... Um, if the if the, if wrestlers were unionized, right, they would have pensions, 
Um, and they, so that like when they're old and their bodies are starting to hurt and they need medical care, they'll have money and they can live a life with dignity instead of having to have a, a GoFundMe for medical care. But because the WWE doesn't have that, the only way to get that money into your old age is to sort of continue to work with them and do what they want and be part of the Legends program, right? You know, you need to get into the WWE Hall of Fame to continue getting those paychecks. So we have a company with monopoly power over the workers here, and it artificially suppresses wages. And we see that all the time when indie stars go to NXT, they have to take a pay cut to go to a company that has more money than any other company to pay them. And I think that what the Young Bucks and and Cody and Kenny Omega are building is a potential to have an independent structure where wrestlers can make a living in this country, right? They don't have to go to Japan. They don't have to go to Mexico. Theoretically, like you can be a star right here in America, you know, and, and, and not have to leave your home continent and and you don't have to be in the WWE. Um, and I guess for me, it's like, obviously, a lot of people were like, oh, call me back when they do it, you know, week after week. And it's like, if you think that Vince McMahon is cool with another wrestling, with a group of wrestlers, not even another wrestling company, a group of wrestlers selling 10,000 tickets in the United States in an hour, I think you're out of your fucking mind. When Kevin Steen, when when Ring of Honor made an action figure of Kevin Steen, WWE responded by reconfiguring the entire independent wrestling landscape, right? They made Evolve their preferred, like, contractor of choice. You know, they signed all these guys to NXT to rip the, to to, to pull the rug out from Ring of Honor, which failed, obviously. Um, But, like, yeah, they're going to throw a bunch of money at Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody to make sure that this stops happening. Because if, like, if they continue to build this audience, maybe they go to Fox Sports or, or to USA or one of these other comp- or one of these other TV networks. They say, hey, we might not have the audience right now, but like, these dudes just sold out 10,000 tickets in an hour. Like, maybe you should put us on your TV instead. And maybe we can, you know, it's like the biggest question in wrestling right now for me is are Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega interested in building power for workers in the industry, right? Because there's going to be a godfather offer, because I can guarantee you the WWE is not trying to have them sell out a a 15,000 or a 20,000 seat building, right? We see how territorial this company is. We see the work that they do to make it so that independent wrestling companies who are not affiliated with them cannot run in the exact city where they're running WrestleMania. So much of their business model relies on artificially lowering the money and the benefits that they give to their wrestlers because they have monopoly power over this industry, right? And so, yeah, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, maybe they take this offer from the WWE and they make themselves rich and you can't blame them, right? But this is a chance if they want to build something and continue building this and make another option so that, you know, when you get an NXT offer, you don't have to cut your salary in half to go do it. And maybe you can make some some real money and maybe they'll treat their other wrestlers better. Right. If they want to, like, I'm not saying that they will, but it's all there for them. Right. You can build something different 
people are willing to pay for it. They're real stars. They have an audience. Like you could say, oh yeah, you're going to be a real employee and we're going to give you healthcare. So you're not starting a GoFundMe when you're 70 years old and broken down. Like, I don't know. I just, I think it's really exciting. I don't think that wrestlers have had this kind of leverage um, or, right, it's not there yet. It's a step. But there isn't, there hasn't even been an opening for wrestlers to have this kind of leverage in a generation. And so I think it's a really exciting time. Yeah, I want to, I want to, push you on one thing here because I know what some people are thinking who are listening to the show who aren't as aligned with us politically, right? If there's anyone like that who listens to the show. You said earlier that, uh, you know, the way that promoters make money is that they exploit the labor of the wrestlers and take the surplus value from them. What about the argument though? Cause I'm sure someone's saying it right now. Well, but the promoters take on all the risk, Right. If uh, the show, if All In didn't sell any tickets, it would have been Cody and the Bucks losing money, right? If uh, Evolve doesn't sell tickets, Gabe Sapolsky takes a bath. Uh, isn't that worth something? I mean, I guess, but the wrestlers are risking their lives, right? And they don't share in the profits. Right. And if and if one of these companies goes out of business because, um, you know, the booker or the promoter is an idiot and they're using the wrestlers wrong, the wrestlers lose those jobs. Right. And there's nothing they can do about it. So the wrestlers do share in the risk. Right. Their jobs can go away. They can get hurt and they don't have, you know, company provided, you know, insurance, um, but they don't share in the profits. Right. And I think, you know, of course, that's especially true that the risk that wrestlers take on in this industry, but in general under capitalism, it's like there's nothing special about you because you have capital. The fact that you have capital does not entitle you to the surplus value of other people's labor. That's the main, that's like the overarching problem with capitalism, right? Is that we've decided if you have access to capital, you should get to exploit labor. So I don't know. That's what I was getting at, but I, cause I know some people are going to, uh, or will tweet us about that. And, and you can see it in the WWE, right? The whole reason that they're on top right now is because they have capital that they acquired like 20 years ago and the shows suck ass. They do nothing to, to grow their audience because they have this capital and they have amassed this power. They're getting these insanely inflated, um, television contracts because TV is in crisis. The TV bubble is grow. You know, it's like the audience everywhere else is, has died. So anything that still has some remnants of a mass audience is getting insane amounts of money, even though the company is sh- the, the product is shit. Um, they alienate more and more fans with each passing month. You know, the stock price is through the roof. Um, so yeah, I just I uh, I don't know. I'm. That was kind of a tangent, but I feel like to to answer your question, yeah, like if you start out with a lot of capital, you can kind of win based on that, regardless of whether you're uh, intelligent or creative or providing value in, you know, any real meaningful way to, to the outside world. Right. There's this there's this myth out there that Vince McMahon conquered the wrestling industry because he was the most willing to take a risk and the most um, 
I don't know, the most creative, I suppose. And that's the way he conquered all the territories. When, you know, in reality, he walked into a company that his father built, uh, was given access to capital and crushed other companies by invading their markets with that capital and uh, and putting them out of business. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm a an expert on the, the territory days and how all that went down, but I feel like I have a pretty good handle on <laughs> what happened. And I don't think it's that uh, Vince is just happens to be a great businessman who somehow forgot how to run a business, you know, in the last 20 years. Uh, I think maybe that never had anything to do with it at all. Yeah. 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 And another thing, you know, I, I know there are probably some wrestlers who are thinking, you know, well, how does this benefit me? Right. I'm, I'm not on this show. I'm not making the money. I think just having the option of somewhere to go, if this thing continues to build, like gives you leverage, even if the young bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega, like aren't really interested in uh, turning whatever they build into, you know, a workers co-op, right? Like just having the option, like, I don't know, man, like the WWE is like, you can talk more about this and, and I'd like you to like the WWE's independent contractor standard is absurd. If, if that got challenged in court, it would die. Immediately. Like if you had enough money that you were willing to go to a war with WWE in court, like you could break that independent contractor standard um, immediately. Not immediately, but th- you would win the lawsuit because it's it's junk, it's bullshit, it's totally illegal. Um, and like, I don't know if you had four or five valuable wrestlers in WWE. If you had like Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go make a bunch of money in this new thing that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are building," um, unless you sort of and you can't do anything to stop us because we know that this standard is bullshit. I don't know what's WWE going to do, right? Like, I just think that having somewhere else to go where you can challenge the WWE without losing your livelihood as a wrestler, right? Without losing the opportunity to make a decent living, you know, in North America um, gives you an opportunity to break some of like the oppressive structures that they have in place there. Is that fair? Yeah, because it's a totally false... I don't know. It's uh, there's some logical um, fallacy that I want to uh, invoke here. This whole argument that, well, wait until they do it every week. You don't have to sell 10,000 seat arenas out every week to make a an economy that works for independent wrestlers. I mean, we just mentioned earlier that no one has sold out a 10,000 seat arena since the 90s. And yet there have been independent wrestlers thriving outside of the WWE structure. So that tells me that there is a smaller uh, type of uh, outfit that is capable of supporting lots of people, right? So this thing doesn't have to become something that actually rivals WWE. It just has to create a, um, a valid alternative because there are two ways WWE could go. One, they can try to crush workers harder, do everything they can to crush everything outside of them. But as Aaron mentioned earlier, the other thing they could do is start making WWE more attractive because they have to. This is something that happened during the Attitude Era, right? No, they didn't start offering health insurance, but they paid people a lot of money, a whole lot of money. I mean, there are guys who made outrageous amounts of money during the Attitude Era 
who had no business doing so, really. Uh, and kudos to them. Couldn't be happier for them. But they can go either way, right? So, yes, they could start increasing benefits. But if they don't, you're exactly right. These guys can start putting up uh, a fight. They can say, look, we're not doing it. It's what Brock Lesnar did back in the day. Brock Lesnar said he was in the second year of a seven-year deal, and he said, no, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. So his first idea was go try the NFL. That didn't work out. So then he goes to work for New Japan. WWE says, no, you can't work for New Japan, and and, uh, they go to court about it. Now, tell me why that case, which was an active case, um, a ripe case, gets resolved before a court can make any sort of decision. Because Brock knows, because Brock is the baddest motherfucker in wrestling. Let's be honest, in high-level wrestling. He's the baddest dude because he always exercises his power over Vince McMahon constantly, again and again. And he did it in that case. Do you guys remember Brock Lesnar working for New Japan Pro Wrestling? Of course you do. And he was in the middle of a seven-year deal. They know. They know. The same thing happened in TNA. Daphne sued TNA about a uh, workers' comp issue, trying to say that she should have workers' comp. Right before they decided the independent contractor issue, they settled the case. These companies know that what they are doing is employing these people, except they're not providing them the benefits of employment. And it's not just about health insurance. It is about workers' compensation. Aaron was talking about GoFundMes. These guys who get injured on the job ought to be paid. And yes, WWE does, allegedly. We have no proof of this, but apparently they pay if you get injured while you're working for the company, right? But they only do it out of like the goodness of their heart, right? They're only doing it because they want to. They could decide at any moment to stop doing it. So this challenge is, uh, it's just necessary. I always hoped that Punk would be the one to do it when they were fighting. And then I thought, well, maybe Ray will, because, you know, when uh, Mysterio wanted to leave, they told they did this whole thing where they were going to freeze his contract. But they did freeze his contract, right? That ultimately came to a resolution. Uh, Daniel Bryan, they froze his contract until he came back on TV. Another guy who could challenge uh, this whole system and blow it up. So WWE can choose whether to punish workers harder or lift up their workers. Uh, but either way, this is a great chance for independent wrestlers to stop worrying about what WWE is going to do, what choice they're going to make, and take the choice into their own hands, take the power into their own hands, and exploit their own labor for not only their gain, but for the gain of everyone in independent wrestling. If you are out there and you're a wrestler or you're involved in the wrestling industry and you think this isn't positive for you, you're nuts. Well, uh, to quote Joe Lanza, you're lost. You are lost. Because... Uh, this is everything. It's a it's a map to what you can do, an absolute map. It doesn't just have to be these guys because it doesn't have to be the 10,000-seat arenas. Workers of uh, a lot lower level than the Bucks and Cody could do the same damn thing. That's it. That's a, that's as long it. as they're doing it together, right? That's right. United we bargain, divided we beg. It's absolutely right. And now they have all the leverage in the world, man. They really do. Uh, Especially because now they're showing they don't have to go to WWE to make a living. 
They don't have to. Why should these guys, like AT said, why should these guys take a pay cut to go to NXT when they've already proved that their value is higher than that? Why should they do it? You know, and you have guys like, we'll see what they do, but guys like uh, the Bucks and Omega who seem like, to this point, they haven't been interested in going there because they see their own value. Uh, We'll see if that changes. But we have to stop making this all-in thing about Cody and the Bucks and Omega. It's not about them. Other groups of workers can do, maybe not at the same level, but they can do the same thing and create something that's sustainable for all workers. This may just be a one-time thing and we'll all go back uh, to our normal lives, but I don't think so. There's something here. It's a building block, but if they want it to be, it can be huge. All right. Uh, AT, you have... Yeah, yeah. just as while we're speaking about movements that are building blocks and they can be huge, I'd like to tell everyone listening about my good friend, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria is running for Congress in New York's 14th district to build a, a better world and to represent the people of Queens and the Bronx the way that they deserve to be represented. She's endorsed by the Democratic Socialists of America. If you follow my tweets, you know I've been putting a lot of volunteer hours into this campaign. Um, Alexandria is the only candidate in the race who's not taking money from real estate developers and corporations. She stands with workers of all races and genders. And uh, she's running on universal health care, a universal jobs guarantee, um, tuition-free public college. She's one of a small group of uh, candidates nationwide who's called for abolishing ICE, uh, you know, really awful government agency that is just um, terrorizing immigrant communities in this country. And so if you live in uh, the northern and uh, western parts of Queens or the eastern parts of the Bronx in New York's 14th district, I encourage you, I, I beg you to please go vote for her on June 26th. And if you're really real, if you're really about it, please come canvas with us in a story as we tell our neighbors uh, about this candidate uh, and this, this really important race. Um, you can go to uh, it's a bitly, you know, bit.ly slash all caps. We'll put the link in the thing. We'll put the link in the thing for how you can come sign up and come canvas uh, for us here in Queens. Uh, her opponent is uh, this guy, Joe Crowley. He's been in office 20 years. He's like fine in the way that like all Democrats are like just fine. You know, it's like he talks a really good game about opposing Trump, but uh, takes a ton of money from developers and corporations. He voted for the Iraq war. He voted to repeal Glass-Steagall. He voted for uh, the bank bailout. Um, And I think that we in this district uh, deserve someone who's really going to fight for us and not their donors. So that's my spiel. Thank you for listening. Uh, You know, and I hope to see some of our listeners look, I, if you show up to a canvas because you heard about it on this podcast, we'll let you, you're going to be able to have you on as a guest. We'll make some stickers, whatever you want, whatever, whatever you want from us uh, in return, you know, um, you know, you know, we actually, we can't make explicit promises like that because that's a violation of federal election law. Um, but, uh, but let's just say, uh, so throw that out the window. We will, we will, um, Appreciate. I will appreciate it. Aaron will appreciate it. We will uh, love you forever. We will refer to you as a friend of the show. A friend. <laughs> How's that? There's no value to that. So. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I think, I think I think we're safe. I gotta say though about Joe Crowley, I've heard women really like him. 
Yeah, well, okay, so here's what happened. Here's what happened about that. Okay, so Alexandria posted... So right, basically the way that politics in New York City works and a lot of cities that are just sort of like there's one party that's in power, it's, it's all like machine politics, right? So a group of people in a back room decide like who the candidates are going to be. And this guy, Joe Crowley, that we're running against uh, is, is the head of the Queens Democratic Party and the Queens political machine. So whether the, the people who are like city council people or state senators or state assembly members or borough presidents or whatever in Queens and the Bronx, whether they like him or not, they have to support him because they'll be looking to him for favors later on. Right. They're going to want him to canvas for, for them. They're going to want money um, from him. They're going to want to be sort of, um, you know, placed in opportune positions when, you know, seats higher up the hierarchy um, open up. They're going to want the county party's support. So all these people are now... Um, canvassing for him and you know all the state senators are out supporting him and uh he's posting a lot of pictures on face on twitter and it was all just groups of like dudes and so alexandria was like we need a woman you know it's all these dudes uh and so the crowley can't we don't know if it was a direct response but they made a facebook event for uh women for crowley you know who are supporting this this man instead of you know the uh the woman candidate in the race um so there was a Facebook event, event. Aaron was going through it. One of the people who's going to the Facebook event is a big Trump supporter. Extremely blue lives matter. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's where Aaron's coming from with that. It's, uh, you know, it's just kind of the hypocrisy that I think so many of us have grown tired of in the Democratic Party. I couldn't agree more, A.T. I uh, am not going to vote for Alexandria because I don't live in the district, but uh, she has all my support from uh, from Kentucky. I appreciate that. I retweet her a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's all we can ask for. All we can ask for <laughs> is is uh, some signal boosting and, uh, you know, just making sure our followers, some of whom presumably live in New York's 14th district. I know we have a big New York City audience, uh, you know, just making sure everyone sees the content. My promise to you is when I can't do anything else, I will post. <laughs> that's that's the everything evolves promise <laughs> that's right all right uh now that everyone is on board with alexandria uh do i have to tell you about some i, I started that like it was going to be an ad read this is not an ad read uh although i guess it could be evolve and progress are going on tour this was just announced uh last week right uh evolve and progress you know they say they've been a great uh combination on wrestlemania weekends so now they're going to go on the road together in August. There are four dates where they'll be together. August 4th in New York City, August 5th in the Boston area, August 11th in Chicago, August 12th in Detroit. There's also a Seattle date, I believe, for progress. I don't have that here, but Evolve will not be on uh, that show. I just realized as I was looking at this, AT, I am going to be in Chicago on August 11th. Is uh, Jason Isbell playing there that night? No, the Gaslight Anthem is playing ah, okay. on their uh, reunion tour uh, on for the 10th year, for the 10th anniversary of uh, the 59 Sound. Sure. So, Grandmother's Radio. We all love it. That's right. So I guess if Evolve runs in the day, maybe I'll go to that show. What a doubleheader. Yeah. Wow. How self-actualized will you be going to the, the Gaslight Anthem concert? And and uh, the evolved show in, in the same day. Yeah, no, it'll, it's like my the best day I can possibly think of. Uh, and I don't really care about progress, so it won't hurt me if they're the night show and I miss them. So, uh, any thoughts about the evolved progress tour? At 
Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's expansion in the sense that, you know, it's they're running four shows in the same month and it's not a WrestleMania weekend and they're taking a risk, you know, but who knows how much risk is coming from Evolve and how much, I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating. This is pure speculation. I'm, it's made up. It's probably, you know, might be true, <laughs> might not be. Do you think that WWE is helping in some way with this tour? That's interesting, right? Because this would be something you'd think WWE would hate, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's their syndicates. It's two of their like territories are right. kind of going out on tour together. That's fascinating. I had not thought of that until this very moment. Um, yeah, maybe. Is this going to show up on the network? Probably not. I don't know. I, no, no. Someone asked Gabe and he said no on oh, Twitter. Okay. So, but I don't know. Maybe they're not helping. Maybe it is just a big risk and they feel confident in their business and progress has drawn so well in the u.s although not as well this mania weekend it seems like the progress it hmm, i don't know because it's like was the were those summer shows in new york um the peak or um because it does it definitely does seem like the buzz we went to one of the progress shows and like i mean it was the morning show after um, spring break, but it was not that big. And like spring, I think spring break outdrew them. outdrew both of the progress shows. Is that correct? I don't know. That sounds right. Yeah. I think the other show was better attended than the one we went to. Right. And I do think they had a lot more tickets sold than people in the building. Right. I think a lot of people just like could not make it after, after spring break went so late the night before. Um, my other thought on this is we've never seen Evolve run this many shows th- this close together. Do you think these are going to be canon type shows or do you think some of them might just be here's some matches with a bunch of our wrestlers? I don't know. It's tough just because it's like they're going to have to hire more wrestlers, right? Like it feels like their roster is... Mm. I mean, they did it over WrestleMania week. Well, they'll bring in surprises, maybe. You know, they'll bring in a Sekimoto, and, and maybe they'll have Walter there. Because, like, they did the three shows over Mania weekend, so this is four. But, yeah, it's like, especially, like, losing Zack Sabre Jr. and presumably losing Keith Lee. I know that they're adding people, but, yeah, I mean, I think those shows are going to be a test of their roster as far as, like, whether they're how they're going to be able to have four shows right in a row like that and have compelling lineups throughout I guess it doesn't matter, right? Because nobody's going to be at all four shows. Right. So you can, I mean, you might want, you can do a different thing in New York and Boston and then do a a different thing in Chicago and Detroit, but they don't necessarily all four have to be different. Right. But you can't, but you can't have the same cards. It's not like a, it's not going to be like a house show. show Right. (laughs) I don't think, right. I don't think so either. I just, I'm just interested to see if they try to run stories through these or, you know, I, I'm assuming they will lean heavily as they often do on local talent. You know, when we're when they're in Chicago, you can expect that a lot of the freelance guys will be there. Um, when they're in New York, they have a lot of New York based talent, so that's not as not as big of a deal. But yeah, you're right. They're probably gonna have to add add some more talent before those shows come around. So good for workers. Great news. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the non-shows this weekend stuff we wanted to talk about. So uh, it's funny. We thought we would like spend a year or three uh, talking about everything else and just kind of get to these shows at the end, but it doesn't look that way so far. 
Yeah, cool 45 minutes. I think we had good takes. I think, yeah. I don't know. I think we said all the things that needed to be said, right? Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I think we hit uh, most all that. We haven't talked about WB stock price yet, I guess. Um. <laughs> Here's the thing about stocks. Just going to tell you guys something about stocks. Stocks. Uh, we should wait for uh, financial takes until the review show, but go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying that uh, stocks are a work. Okay, they're like, they're just a, it's just like what, like a bunch of like w- rich people think something is worth, right? I was tweeting about today because, you know, Evolve promoter Gabe Sapolsky was very excited about um, WWE breaking $50 um, a share on news that like they might get a, not even that they did get a big TV contract, but they might get a big TV contract. And notably he was excited about this, even though he admitted in the post, he owns no WWE stock. Yeah. Well, not all, you know, he's a WWE employee, guys, or a contract, you know, not all workers have that kind of class consciousness. I mean, obviously in this, you know, he's, yeah, he's management, and an owner and evolve a worker in WWE and any, whatever. But uh, I was, I saw, I was like tweeting. I was like, yeah, like AIG was at literally $1,450 a share in 2006. And then in like 2008, they needed to be uh, bailed out by the U S government because the underlying assets were toxic and shitty and much the same way that like WWE is their stock price is going up on speculation, despite the fact that like, their programming is unwatchable. It's unfit for human eyes and ears. Uh, I don't know. They're not going to continue. Eventually, like the fact that they put out a shit product for several decades is going to catch up to them in their business. And I think that that's why like these all age shows and why new Japan is doing so well is like, there's like a million hours of WWE content. It's all very accessible. If the other shit, if it was really good and satisfying, you wouldn't have, other companies drawing, you know, 10,000 seat shows. Also, people act like WCW wasn't super hot. Not that long before they crashed. Right, 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 right. Now, WWE has created an environment where they're not going to crash tomorrow. Or anything right. Like that. They're no, in no danger of that. But it can go bad. So, especially as these alternatives rise. I mean, it, it could easily go bad for them eventually. I mean, they are propped up now, like you said, by these television deals. Hello? That's not that's not sticking around forever. So, all right. Let's talk that's, about that's the That's the investing advice from, uh, I don't know, I have an IRA, but I don't actually like invest in individual stocks. Yeah, stocks are totally made up. Yeah. Um, all right. Evolve 104, May 19th, that's Saturday in Summit, Illinois, 8 p.m. Central Time. First made event, the WWN Championship match, Austin Theory, joined once again by Priscilla Kelly, defends versus DJZ. So DJZ beat Austin Theory in in New Orleans. I'm pretty sure that's right. And so uh, now that Theory is the champion, DJZ is getting the first shot, which... Makes sense, even though I thought it was a really stupid booking idea at the time, and I still do. Yeah. Um, DJZ beating Theory, I mean, not Theory winning the championship. 
Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of funny. Like, I think that in one of the WWN alerts, it was like controversially or like it acknowledged it in some way. It was like, you know, it was surprising that he won the championship because he lost to him. He lost the night before or whatever. So that was funny. But yeah, um, big spot for Austin Theory. Like, I mean, I think you're seeing it. They're t- they talked a lot about, in one of the WWN alerts, about how Evolve is in transition. They've lost Zack Sabre Jr. It seems apparent that they're losing Keith Lee. Um, and now it's like they have to, you know, they're pushing new people to the top and putting Austin Theory and DJZ in the main event is a big deal. I think that's this is Austin Theory's second main event after he main evented Evolve 100 against Zack Sabre Jr. And I think this is DJZ's first Evolve main event, unless I'm mistaken. Um, Almost certainly is. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's uh, really, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's a big big spot for Austin Theory, who didn't really blow me away in his first main event opportunity. I think he's getting really good, but like, this is a big test for him. We're going to have to see more of him if he's going to be a real main event player here. I think right now he's established himself as someone who delivers at a mid-card or upper mid-card level and someone with a ton of potential who's getting better every time we see him. But we need to see what we haven't seen yet is like a great, awesome Austin Theory main event match. Seems kind of weird. Like I don't think Gabe is well known for pulling the trigger too early on someone. And this feels awfully early for Austin Theory. Well, I think it makes sense if you consider that if you look at the WWN championship as like the TV title or the US title or a secondary title, which I think the way they booked Matt Riddle and the way that the title was given to Austin Theory, who's not, who's pretty clearly not at his level. Um, I think it's like if you look at this as like the Intercontinental Championship is headlining show one of a two show weekend. And it's clear, it seems like it seems like the Detroit show is booked to be the bigger show. And it seems like they've sort of re- responded to the fact that they're getting better, better ticket sales, better, better sort of energy in the building in Detroit. And it seems like Detroit is getting kind of a little more um, priority in the way they're structuring these shows. So I think if you look at it that way, it makes sense. And the, as we're going to talk about in a minute, the evolved or Matt Riddle is not defending the title on right. the first show. So it makes even more sense for the title match to be a main event. Uh, DJZ is obviously going to work his ass off. He'll do everything he can to make Austin Theory look great in this match. And we'll see if, if Theory can deliver. I'm, uh, I'm newly skeptical that he can, but we'll see. Main event number two, non-title match, evolved champion Matt Riddle takes on uh, the debuting Shane Strickland. I got to say, I'm really excited about this, AT. I'm a big Swerve fan, and uh, he's like a really fun addition to this universe. Yeah, he is the uh, the returning Shane Strickland, not the uh, the debuting. My bad. Yeah. They had an interesting uh, mini-doc about his run in 2014, I believe, with the company. And, uh, you know, he's um, it's the evolution of Swerve is what they're calling it. See, usually when we do the show, AT does this preview document that gives me like all the history and I can just read it. Uh, yeah. It's not there. So I, I blew that. That's no, cool. I've just been, uh, I've been 
really busy just trying oh, yeah. to get a socialist elected to Congress. No, that, that wasn't criticism. I <laughs> no, was no, just, no, just, just I telling was our listeners question. that, you know, if the show is not as good as it usually is, it's my fault, but it's, you know, for the greater good. No, um, we're bringing the tanks. We're good. Yeah. In any uh, event. Yeah. No, I think this is a really fun, um, you know, indie star match. And yeah, we'll see if we get the Matt Riddle that we saw in that Will Ospreay match, the vicious focused Matt Riddle, this could be great. Um, I think it'll be very good regardless of which Matt Riddle we get, but it'll be great if we get the Matt Riddle from the Will Ospreay match. Now it feels like Strickland is here to stay, right? Yeah, they've made it. Hmm. They made a pretty big deal about him. Yeah. I, I feel like he is replacing Zach and Keith Lee. Right. As like, yeah, another person that they're going to be and maybe DJZ too, as like, kind of like, these are sure. going to be our top of the card. And if you think guys. about it, when Zach and Keith Lee started in Evolve, they weren't the huge stars that they were by the end of their runs. Right. So Strickland is a pretty fair replacement. Right. You know, and we'll see if he becomes an even bigger star. He really hasn't I feel like I feel like he hasn't gotten as much of a chance on the bigger uh the bigger indies. And so maybe this is a good start for him for that. Do you think there's any chance Strickland wins this non-title match uh, to really start him off with a bang. Hmm. I wouldn't. Well, we're the wrong boys, so I know. Take it with the greatest. I, I think that there's a chance, but I also think that he could lose. Like I think that right now they're they're trying to establish Matt Riddle as like the guy. So it wouldn't shock me, even though you would be like, maybe you would want to set up the next match. Well, it depends. I guess that'll tell us something, right? If Shane Strickland loses, he's going to be around for a while, right? Because eventually they'll want to have him wrestle for the title, right? If you have a star of that caliber. If he wins right away and they're building to him getting the title shot next month, he probably won't be around for very long. Maybe. I mean, they're going to have a big spot to fill because Keith Lee's going to be off the shows next month. So, I don't know. Yeah. I it's think just, Matt Riddle's winning. I think but so I don't too. know. I think so, too, but because of how they're building him. But you almost hate to bring in a guy like Strickland and have him lose on night one. Yeah. But think about how many matches DJZ lost when he first started, and now he's in the main event. Sure. But I don't think he's credible as, like, to beat Matt Riddle at this point. Sure. Anyway, uh, Evolved Tag Team Championship match. Anything goes. Doom Patrol, Chris Dickinson, and Jocko with Stokely Hathaway taking on the end. Are you excited to see another uh, chapter of uh, these two teams? Well, the final chapter, this is the last time we saw in the WWN alerts that this is the last time Chris Dickinson and Jocko will wrestle the end. And then the next night, it's the last time they'll wrestle uh, James Drake and Anthony Henry. So one of two things is happening. Either they're going to have Chris Dickinson and Jaka stop tag teaming as much because those are the only real other two tag teams in the company right now. So not having them wrestle those teams anymore would effectively remove them from the tag team division. So either these these two guys are going to be singles wrestlers or, you know, the appearance they made at Access with Stokely Hathaway is a harbinger of things to come. And, you know, these guys are on their way to the WWE. Um. We don't know. I don't know one way or another. I'm torn in the sense that, like, 
for me, I would like them to stay and evolve and be singles wrestlers because I think they're fantastic. Um, but I also like, I don't know, all those dudes have been like, like, especially Chris Dickinson, like when we first started going, like he shouted us out. He was always kind to us. Like, I don't know. I hope he gets signed by WWE and makes a ton of money. I'll watch him on the takeovers and then, you know, I'll just have to deal with not seeing him anymore. <laughs> but, uh, you know. But yeah, so I don't know. One of those two things is happening. So it's something to keep an eye on uh, with with sort of the Dickinson, Jacka, Hathaway uh, trio there. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this match. They've certainly been building and building to the the end versus catch point uh, deal. Um, what do you think happens here? Do you think that this this um, I mean, I think that by the fact that it's the last match that they're having against both. Chris Dickinson and Jock are probably losing these titles this weekend. Is that fair? Yeah, I'd be shocked if they don't beat the end and then lose to Drake and Henry. You know, unless they have other tag teams kind of waiting in the wings that we don't know about, which is possible. It seems like they're losing the titles to one of these teams. I don't know who it's going to be. I think it's fascinating. I think it's interesting if the end had the championships, right? You have these big dudes and, like, I don't know, they'll get into – or I don't know. Yeah, they'll, like, get in – you could book them as like these big guys who don't lose. And that's like an interesting tag team for me. It's different at least for this promotion. Right. Right. It's um, got that going for it. And, right. I'm a, and I'm a big Perot fan. So, right. So you could have them beat Dickinson and Jaka and then Dickinson and Jaka lose to James Drake and Henry the next night. So then Henry and Dick and, you know, you have, you've already booked your first tag team title match with the end. Right. Yeah, Sure. Um, and they have kind of a little built-in thing. All and they have teams. a built-in for all yeah. three of these teams feuding. So that's um that's my uh, fantasy booking, I guess. So that almost certainly won't happen. At this right, point. definitely won't happen. But that's just what I'm thinking. I don't know. It should be, I don't know. And because it's the blow-off to this feud, you'll expect them to get pretty crazy. Right. And, you know, James Drake's match in Chicago is the next match on the card. He's going to be taking on Keith Lee in a heavyweight challenge match. And everybody kind of has read this as Keith Lee putting someone over on the way out, which would build nicely for the tag team challenge the next night. So I'm really looking forward to this match. I think Drake has looks great in his singles matches in Evolve. He had that fantastic match with Matt Riddle. And I'm expecting this to be another really good match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it too, right? Yeah, Drake, Drake had that had that match against Riddle that was terrific. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be good. I'm excited to see, yeah. I don't know, I don't have much to add except like, yeah, I think that this is going to be like a fun, hard-hitting Haas match. Yeah, it should rule. Yeah. Uh, a grudge match next up. Tracy Williams takes on Dominic Garini, who will be accompanied by Stokely Hathaway. Uh, I hope you're more excited for this match than I am, AT. One thing that um, is kind of sticking in my craw, and unless I miss I'm just going to check online to make sure that I didn't miss it before I castigate the promotion. And maybe it's coming, you know, I'm sure. It always happens that when we talk about something, you know, the mini-doc comes out the next day. But I feel like we need to hear from Tracy Williams. Right. Well, he did uh, comment on Twitter when Gabe sent out the email saying that the uh, grappling style was dead and evolved. 
Mm-hmm. Tracy was not pleased with that. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I, I just um, yeah, I, there aren't any mini docs on him, and so I'm kind of like um, yeah, I feel like we need to hear from him. He got kicked out of this group. He was so sad. He he is catch point, and he was kicked out and turned on by 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 his friends. Um, like someone he brought in to catch point, like Stokely Hathaway organized against him and threw him out. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like this should be a big personal match and you're doing these mini docs. Like where's Tracy Williams heads at? And I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd like to know. Cause that would make me more interested in this match. Cause I still with catch point, it's like, you never know who you're supposed to be rooting for, feeling sympathy for, you know, whatever. I mean, the match I really want to see is Tracy versus Stokely. Right. Yeah, that's the blow-off. Right. That, that's obviously uh, the, the match. The money match, right. Yeah. All right, there's a special challenge match. A.R. Fox, accompanied by the Skull, taking on Zachary Wentz. So Wentz was on, uh, was there in New Orleans, and now he's maybe going to be playing a part in the promotion going forward. Um Hard to say much beyond. I also think this is going to rule. <laughs> yeah, these are good shows. They brought, it seems like the guys from their reputation, what, what little I've seen of them, the guys they're bringing in are pretty good. And AR Fox, you know, everyone who listens to this show regularly knows I adore AR Fox. Um, and yeah, I think that this is, and, and, and Gabe talked about this um, in the alerts, right? About the idea that like, WWN is like shifting to like an athletic style as opposed to the grappling style. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in, in this match. I don't know. It's flip city, baby. This also, leads on me board. To, that's right. This also leads me to believe because uh, Wentz is in a featured um, singles match mm-hmm. that he is definitely sticking around. And it right. Whereas yeah, yeah. the rest of the guys, the new guys, it's like, this is an opportunity for them. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's a good read. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, the next match I'm particularly excited about, freelance rivalry comes to evolve. Anthony Henry takes on Stevie Fierce. These guys have a uh, a feud in freelance that has resulted in some very good singles matches, and now they're going to try it here. I'm just excited. Everybody knows I'm a big Stevie fan. Uh, I'm excited because this is the first time he's gotten a singles match on an Evolve card. I feel like he hasn't gotten a chance to show what he does, and so uh, I'm rooting for him here. I'm totally biased. Yeah, yeah, same. I think it'll be good too because it's like um, Henry had that had that sort of breakout performance, I guess, against Tracy Williams a couple months back. Um, yeah, no, I think that this will be really good. I think that. Um, yeah, and I haven't. Have you seen their freelance matches? No, I haven't seen them yet. Not me neither. Everyone on Twitter says they're good, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I trust. I trust uh, Maxwell uh, and the. Uh, sure. the and, the uh, Twitter wrestling intelligentsia, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. I feel like because it feels like so, we were talking about this earlier. You said this. This was your point, but I'm going to reiterate it. So just cool. pretend AB is saying this. Um, the point that Aaron made was that, like, because this is such a reset for the promotion, there's, like, not a lot to say about a lot of these matches other than, like, Oh, cool. Like, I, I am looking forward to seeing how this new guy does against this guy I think is good. Um, so, yeah. Apologies for the lack of in-depth analysis. Yeah, if you want if you want the full kind of, like, if that's what you're looking for, um, 
you know, I don't know. This is this is the place for Marxist analysis of pro wrestling news. That's right. Um, sort of the breakdown of kind of the guys who mostly wrestle in the deep indies. Um, you know, I'm sure there are other places to uh, to find that. Yeah. Uh, I guess my other thought here is, well, Stevie Fierce isn't booked uh, in Michigan the next night. He's mainly been used in Chicago area, mm-hmm. and mainly in multi-mans. So I don't know if this is an opportunity for him to pick up like more featured bookings with the company or not. But if this delivers to the extent that uh, the other freelance matches apparently have, then it could be good for him. For sure. Speaking of freelance, the next match will be a freelance versus wildcat match. So this is another one where Evolve is using the local promotions to uh, fill out the card. We got Matt Nix, Chris Castro, and Isaiah Velasquez taking on Jay Spade, Amarok. Don't know. Sorry about that. And Johnny Flex. Uh, we've seen Matt Nix and Isaiah Velasquez in Evolve, but I'm not familiar with anyone else on this car or on this uh, in this match. So. Um, I have nothing to say about it. Yeah, well, apparently the Wildcat team beat the freelance team oh, that's at right. the Style Bottle Show, which apparently happened um, in New Orleans. Which <laughs> I'm told, you know, I saw uh, some I saw some footage from it in the uh, Matt Riddle mini doc. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So, so hope, who won in New the, Orleans? I think Wildcat, and I think oh, the freelance really? guys are coming with a score to settle. Well, Wildcat, right, right. Wildcat won in its home ground. Right. right now, it's a okay. freelance to protect this house. That's a good little story. I like Check that. Chicago over everything, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. I foresee a lot of posts that just say Johnny Flex. Amarok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You could really go Jarek voice on any of the guys on the Wildcat team. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I guess the first match on the show, is just as a good choice for the opening match, is a four-way freestyle Darby Allen versus Trey Miguel versus Myron Reed versus Snoop Strikes. Again, this is going to be cool. It will be very athletic. Um, and a lot of guys trying to make a trying to get an opportunity for themselves. Yeah, and I'm happy to see Darby back after he got hurt. Uh, for sure. Over Mania weekend. Love that Darby. So... I hope to see him get the W here and kind of start continuing his climb back up the card. For sure. And uh, in case you're wondering, Evolve Stars will be available for a meet and greet before and after the event. The next night, Evolve 105, uh, Saturday night in Livonia, Michigan at 8 p.m. Eastern time. The main event is an Evolve Championship match, no rope break match, the final war. Matt Riddle takes on Keith Lee uh, as we... Bit adieu to Mr. Lee. Yeah. Or we think, right? Oh, no. It's um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's obvious, but it's not official yet. But yeah. I mean, he's doing farewell matches in every promotion he's yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Matt Riddle is uh, like like Matt Riddle here. And, and the close of a nice rivalry for Evolve, right? They had that great match back in June of last year. Gosh, we've been doing the show so long. It's crazy. That was like almost <laughs> a year ago. That's fucked up, man. I'm going to be 30 next year. Oh God! Yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna be 32 in like a month. Man. Anyway, I'm gonna be dead soon. Yep, yeah, we're. That's kind of what I was trying to communicate. I didn't want to kind of come out and say it, but uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you know, you'll be dead soon. 
That's you know? right. Cherish uh, the time you have with the errands. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Obviously, given your limited time on Earth, it's very important that you listen to the last, you know, 45 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, this podcast. Um, yeah. Anyway, they had a great match in June. They had that last man standing match, uh, I guess, in the fall. So this is kind of the conclusion of a nice three-match series. Um, Keith Lee won the first one. Matt Riddle won the second. You would assume Matt would take the rubber match here, and it's a no no rope right, and it's no rope break, so it's Matt Riddle's specialty. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. It's weird that it's like the final war because it's like the rivalry started out competitive. It like reached the boiling point with that one big last man standing match, but then it kind of like forgot about it for a while. It's kind of like a classic evolve move of being like the blow off comes at a time where you're like. It doesn't really quite make it's like not the and that's just a, a sort of like um I think just a consequence of where they sit in the wrestling ecosystem that they're always going to lose guys and they kind of have to do things on the fly a lot. So, but yeah, it's like a blow off that like was not like the right moment for it, but it'll be it'll be really good. And we'll see. I the big big thing I'm looking at this weekend is do we see the Vish does Matt Riddle continue to perform at the level he did over WrestleMania weekend or does he revert to uh you know what he had been before that? That's the big thing to watch for this company. Because when we think about losing Zack Saber Jr., who was an otherworldly talent and performing just on a completely different level, this company is going to be looking to Matt Riddle to match those performances. And what we're going to see this weekend is Matt Riddle can consistently hit those high notes that Zack Sabre Jr. Um, was hitting and whether he's, you know, able to really, you know, take take the ball and run with it uh, with Zack leaving. You know, Riddle was great in that match, but we can't forget that he was working with one of the best wrestlers in the world, Will Ospreay. I mean, the guy, every time he gets in the ring, puts on a big-time performance and has a big-time match. So uh, Riddle may have worked up to, to Osprey's level in that match. But look, we watch this promotion every month and we talk about it at length. So I would love for Riddle to uh, blow us away and go to another level uh, with his work. And, uh, you know, it'll be sad to see Keith Lee go. I will probably never see him wrestle again. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, we're going to watch it. I'm going to watch him on the takeovers. That's true. I'll, I'll see, see him on the takeovers. I'll see him wrestle three or four big, great matches. Yeah. And then I'll see him on WrestleMania, maybe. I don't know. It's like, I might stop watching WrestleManias. Yeah, they suck. It's, um, like, good to – I like it because it's cathartic because you just get to, like, shit on this horrible company that we all hate. Yeah, but, but it's like, but it's just like six hours. I'll look if WrestleMania were three hours and terrible, right? Yeah, I would love to shit on you know, post, you know, get some good tweets off for you know three hours of bad content. But of six hours of bad—that's just then you're just you're just putting on a bad show that's long. Yeah. Uh, the other, I don't know. I'm sure this wasn't intended, but let's pretend it was. Also, cool that Riddle will complete. He won the trilogy with Zach, and now he's going to win the trilogy with Keith Lee. So he he emerges on top uh, in both of those uh, feuds with the top three stars. Yeah, he's the man now. He's the man. Uh, Evolve tag tag team championship match if Catchpoint retains at Evolve 104. Chris Dickinson and Jaka with Stokely Hathaway and Dominic Garini take on James Drake and Anthony Henry. We've talked about this. We'll see if our prediction comes true. There's no chance. 
and uh, the Workhorsemen leave as champions. I think yeah. they, have a, they have a new name now. Do they have a new name? I don't think they're the Workhorsemen anymore. What are they called? Um, <laughs> Hold on. I'm just going to do a – we'll see. if I don't think this is going to work, but I'm going to try just a Google search. James Drake and Anthony Henry, new name. <laughs> I just feel like I've heard people referring to them as something else. I, I don't see it. Um, hold on. Let's just going to go on James Drake's Twitter feed, see if there's anything here. James, if you're listening, at us. Yeah. Tell us the new name so we can make sure to say it on the review show. Or, you yeah. know, probably um, Lenny Leonard will tell us this weekend. Well, on May 12th, um, at this guy, at FU2AR0 tweeted, the workhorsemen are the greatest tag team champions XWA has seen, exclamation point, at a, the official XWA. And James Drake retweeted him and did not, uh, you know, correct okay. him. So All right. I think All right. that, Maybe I'm you know, wrong. yeah. I've never been wrong, but maybe today. Okay, uh, another grudge match for Tracy Williams as he takes on Odinson of the end. This seems like a really weird match. This is Odinson's first singles match, right? In Evolve, yeah, I think so. Right, sure. This is weird. I have no idea what to expect out of this. Yeah, well, Tracy Williams has his unfinished business with the end, you know. Right, sure. But um, doesn't have any backup. So, yeah, I think that this will be interesting. We'll get to see, you know, it'll be, you know, maybe maybe they're really going to try to make Tracy Williams sympathetic and they'll have him get beat up, you know, by the end and without his friends to support him, you know, he'll, he'll be hurt. Yeah. And also I just want to say, I'm excited for the, the tag title match, Drake and Henry. The first match was pretty good. And Oh, hell yeah. But yeah, Henry, a Williams, uh, yeah. An opportunity to see if they want to, this is perhaps a chance to really position him as a baby face again, but we'll see what they, so that's something to look for in that match. I like that idea. Next up is a special attraction match and low key, a real match of the weekend contender. Darby Allen takes on Shane Strickland. Uh, I'm super duper pumped up for this. This should be great. Yeah, I think so. When you first said it, I was like low key. I was, I got like my ears jerked <laughs> up. I will. Um, yeah, but um, shout out to the prolific poster again. Yeah. Uh, forever linked to uh, to low key in a se- business <laughs> seminars, but um, anyway, that's totally off track, totally irrelevant to ninety five percent of the people who listen to this podcast. I apologize. In any event, Darby Allen versus Shane Strickland. Yeah, I think it's going to be bonkers. I think they're going to do a lot of flips and crazy dives, and yeah, you both guys are going to be going all out here. They will. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be great. Oh man, I and agree. This, and this crowd, like, I hope they know Shane Strickland. Because uh, if they do, I mean, the crowd could be absolutely nuts in this during this match. Yeah. Where is he from? I know they both wrestle in Defy. Is Shane Strickland also from the Pacific Northwest? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Let's let's just do a quick uh, see. This is a this is the kind of research I usually do <laughs> um, before the show. But let's just see if these I feel like these guys have probably wrestled each other a lot. Um, yeah, I know that I know that. A uh, friend of the show, Cara, was very excited about this match, mm. and, and she's a Defy regular. I feel so that I don't know. I took from that that she's seen them wrestle each other before. Let's just see. So we're on the Shane Strickland page, just giving everyone the play by play. Yeah, let's just type in Darby Allen into the old matches. <laughs> Did you find out where Shane's from first? 
Oh yeah, I forgot to do that. Um, I'll, I'll do that. You work on. Oh, he, he's from Tacoma. Okay, yeah, so go. a couple, uh, a couple Washington boys. Yeah, they have to have wrestled in Defy or somewhere in. Actually, according to this, they've only wrestled in two. Um, in twenty seventeen, last year they wrestled in tag team matches against each other. Well, one time they wrestled with each other against Serpentico. No, they wrestled in a three way match against Serpentico. And then they wrestled in a tag team match at MLW that was Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc against John Hennigan and Shane Strickland. Uh, breaking news, folks. You will be getting a first time ever singles match Darby Allen versus Shane Strickland. Yeah, we think. Unless Cage matches wrong, or I searched wrong. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, good for, um, good for Seattle, the old <laughs> Emerald City. Oh, jeez. All right. The present versus the future match, number one, non-title, WWN champion Austin Theory with Priscilla Kelly takes on Trey Miguel. So now I get the sense Miguel is also one that they're uh, looking at keeping around, right? I mean, this is a pretty high-profile match. Yeah, for sure, against the the WWN champ, yeah. Or it's at least... I think they're keeping all those guys. I think they're getting... I think they're keeping... Miguel, Wentz, and Reed. I think they're keeping. I think all these dudes are going to be in the promotion for a while. You think Miguel, Wentz, and Reed are now regulars? Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. I didn't prepare you for this, so I don't know what you think about this. All right. Well. On the most recent episode of uh, the Voices of Wrestling flagship, which there may be a more most recent by the time you hear this, there was a talk about a poll of who had the best active roster. Ring of Honor, Evolve, Progress, and somebody else that I can't remember now. Anyway, uh, Rich and Joe buried the Evolve roster and said that it was probably the worst roster of the four. I mean, I understand they're in a transition period, but is there any chance the Ring of Honor roster is better than this roster? Ooh, I don't know. Well, at the top. I mean, at the top, they have the Young Bucks what, and the Bucks, Cody and Kenny Omega. No, Kenny Omega is not part of the Ring of Honor roster. All right, but that's hard because like they always have guests from New Japan. I know, but we're talking like, about every, core rosters. Core rosters. Okay, so you got the Bucks at the top. Yeah. You got um, Hangman Page. You got Hangman Page. Punishment Martinez. The Punishment Martinez. Beer City Bruiser. Beer City, pretty good. The Briscoes. The Briscoes, for sure. Um, the best friends, talented guys. Are they uh, rostered? I think so. Members? Yeah, they're on a lot of shows. Um, I mean, if you look on their... Well, no. I guess that they didn't intend that. Uh, we're talking... Yeah, Hangman Page, Alex Shelley, who I don't think wrestles that much. Um, Bully Ray. All right, Evolve has a better roster, <laughs> right? Oh, well, Dalton Castle. We didn't mention Dalton. Oh, Castle. Dalton's really good. No, I think Evolve does have a better or roster. Flip Gordon or but, Jay Lethal. It's, it's hard. It's hard to like Jay Lethal is uh, just a consistent, very good wrestler too. But I just think that like it's hard to compare them. It's like an apples and oranges comparison because Ring of Honor, all of their important shows. 
all the shows that I would ever go to here in New York City have mm-hmm. like outside talent. Right. But I feel like it's like a random, I guess, a random TV taping in like, you know, where, you know, when they're not flying in New Japan, guys. Yeah, I think of all that's a stronger roster. Which is my take. Even without that. Keith Lee, but, you know, you've Matt Riddle, right. you have the Catchpoint Boys, great wrestlers. Yeah, right. I feel like ROH just has like the Bucks and Cody. Right. Evolve is a lot deeper roster. Evolve that's is my a point. lot deeper. Right. Absolutely. Ring of Honor might be stronger at the top if you once you take Keith Lee out. But when you factor in uh, the the entire roster, I mean, Ring of Honor is literally sending Beer City Bruiser to wrestle Tetsuya Naito. I mean, that should tell you just about everything you need to know about the Ring of Honor roster. Yeah. Anyway, I do wish Evolve would have signed Jonathan Gresham instead of Ring of Honor. <laughs> I would love to have seen him. All right. Present versus the future match number two. DJZ takes on Zachary Wentz. Again, cool matches. Mm-hmm. Present versus the future match number three, AR Fox versus Myron Reed. This should be just should be a really cool show. Yeah. I'm Tag excited team. to see these guys. I really don't have like fully yeah. formed opinions on Miguel, Wentz, and Reed. And yeah. I apologize. I thought about like trying to get one of our friends on to talk about some of these guys. Yeah. But um, I don't know, it just didn't come together this week. Well to, yeah. I've seen them a couple of times and we'll have I'm sure we'll have we'll have some takes come next week. Uh, tag team attraction. The end. Take on Nate Matson and Orlando Christopher. I don't know anything about those people, but uh, it'd be a good way to build up a win for the end. Almost certainly will not be a championship match, even if the end are champions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Frey returns to evolve. Not the Alabama rape apologist. I'm shaking. <laughs> We both had shit we wanted to get in there. And we did. <laughs> Sorry to jump in. Uh... <laughs> Stepped right on each other. Yeah. Two begin. Another enters every minute. Eliminations anytime. Last man is the winner. Snoop strikes. Jay Spade. Amarok. And uh, Johnny Flex are already confirmed with others to be added. So, yeah, that apparently is what will start the show. So, I, I think these are two really good cards. Like, there's nothing really to sink your teeth into story-wise, but a lot of fun stuff to watch. Yeah, I was just thinking about with Frey. I was just thinking about when Michael Elgin, you know, when he was like, okay, I've been accused of, like, covering for someone who allegedly did a sexual assault. Like, someone who's accusing me of protecting someone that they say committed an act of sexual assault against them. The people I need to reach out to to tell my side of the story. Are the Frey movement and Vic Venom bites? <laughs> yeah, you know. I just I thought about that with the Frey. So anyway, there's just some laughs for all of our, you know, just for, you know, just for us, just for some laughs. That's a funny thing to think about. There's no chance anyone uh, from the South, other than uh, Mike Spears, listen to the show. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I trust, you know, I, you know, I'm sure that there's, you know, there are good people in the South who might appreciate this show. Oh, sure. I'm here. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. the, the Southern wrestling Twitter bubble. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The people who, right. Yeah. There aren't a lot of people who think Tracer X is like top five wrestler in the world. Listen to the show. <laughs> and if uh, they did listen to the show, they stopped when we buried WWE for like 20 minutes at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really went in on New York. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we'll see if the Fed Defense Squad jumps into our mentions after this, but I doubt yeah. it. 
Okay, well, that's literally all we have to talk about. Uh, a rare short episode from the Wrong Boys. Yeah. We'll be just, back early next week. I'm not, I haven't talked to Aaron yet about his schedule early in the week, but we'll be back as soon as we can with a review show. We're planning to have a guest. I'm not going to reveal the guest because the last time we did that, we did not deliver on the guest. So uh, I'm not going to tell you who the guest might be on the review show. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Have a uh, have a good uh, – enjoy the shows, A.B., yeah, Enjoy the show's listeners. And remember, um, you know, click the link that we post in our show description. Come canvas with us. It's talking to your neighbors is really scary at first. And even talk, talking to strangers and just knocking at someone's door and being like, hi, I'm here to you to talk, talk to you about politics is like terrifying at first. But it becomes really fun and fulfilling. And um, yeah, I don't know. We'll get to hang out. What yeah, more so- could you want? So we're trying to build a community and that involves talking to other people. So it turns out it's a good thing. Even as a uh, severe introvert, it can be a good thing. Yeah. The wrestling left is on the march. That's right. Okay. We'll be back early next week. Just want to remind you to subscribe, rate and review to everything evolves or subscribe to the voices of wrestling podcasting network at voices of wrestling.com or on the app of your choice. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at evolve pod. I'm at Aaron, like the car, Aaron Taub is at AP Taub. And uh, I think that's it. So for Aaron, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next time. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old, or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk Turkey sub at firehouse subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. You should be saving for the future. But savings accounts suck. And investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available on our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.